Bienvenidos and welcome a Cositas Mommy Never Told Me, a podcast that dives deep into the Latin cultural norms that have long haunted the feminine genre. Montate and buckle up porque it's going to be a roller coaster ride. No fuimos. Rocio, you wanna you wanna give a couple I'm, of juicy questions or I'm about to. Well, I was gonna use that to pivot because okay. you here know. comes the Rocio questions. This is a double shot now. <laughs> so I want to pivot because we've talked ah. about your career and about what you've done, and I think people are getting have gotten a little sense of you as a person, yeah. as a man. You're married. You're two kids. Blah blah, but. I wanted to kind of tap into obviously a big film that was a blockbuster hit that you did was Think Like a Man with tons of actors, tons of, you know, people. But Think Like a Man became kind of like a cultural phenomenon with the book and with the movies and blah, blah, blah. This podcast, as I explained to you offline, it's like a. it was born from conversations with me and Diana that we had with each other, heavy conversations like conversations. And we were like, damn, like, I wonder if women are really having these conversations, like honest and transparent. And a lot of the feedback we get is women. And it's not even this podcast. It's women in general. When, when women get together and I've had it happen with me, Shayla is a great friend of yours. She's your kid's godparent godmother she's one of them so shayla for instance is hugely successful right and we get together me her with like and i bring this up as an example it's like it's us and it's like women who are running companies and google and blah 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 and we always end up talking about men and then i get together with another group of girlfriends who are teachers state workers blah blah we always end up talking about men so yeah. all that being said, we have you on the show. You are Michael Ely. You are a man. You participate in this movie. So I need to pick your brain about male perspective on certain things. And although you don't think you're a heartthrob, you are. What a preface. He's on. <laughs> He's on. A heartthrob. So, hold on. Hold on. Let me put on the eye patches one more time. But on the badges. So I got a bunch of questions, <laughs> but I wanna add so something like um can you take me seriously when I do this, by the way? I never took <laughs> seriously. So question. And this is all your opinion. Obviously, Michael is not a specialist in men, blah blah. I so what is breaking thought? up with your can husband? You, can you would you get into a relationship with a woman you had sex with on a first date? Would I get into a relationship? Would you be open to a, getting into a relationship with a woman that you had sex with on a first date? Just getting into a relationship? Like, like is sex on a first date taboo? Is that something where you're like, nah, that's oh, not. No, move the hell on. No, fuck no. It's perfectly fine. We're adults. Yes. Okay. So, can you make a whole a housewife? <laughs> can you make a whole a housewife? <laughs> you know, 
I think to a certain extent, uh, uh, anything is possible. Uh, anything is possible. Uh, you know, the real question is, uh, would a hoe ever want to be a housewife? Oh, trust me. They all want to be white. They all want to be a housewife. And they, and, but I asked this question because. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What is, wait, wait. What does that mean? They all want to be housewife. What does oh, that they, mean? Oh, because they all want to be taken care of. Trust. We know some hoes. We know some hoes. It's you know, happening. In big numbers, it's happening. In big numbers? It's happening. Okay. Like, okay. like not only, I mean, I'm not gonna point anyone out in the in in the industry because it's it's it, it, you know, or fuck it, I will. Like, oh shit. <laughs> I, was, I don't care the little podcast I could. Like Larsa Pippen was with Scotty Pippen. She been out here pimping herself. Now she with Michael Jordan's son. He's wifing her, he don't care what his father anybody got to say there's rumors about a lot of people and i'm just talking about entertainment people because they're recognizable but these, these women have dated 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 and men are continuously i don't i, I, I want to know what's in the minds of a man who is like putting their bid in to make this hoe a housewife mm. yeah that's a good question um He's like, well, <laughs> you know, as the 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 Biggie lyric goes, uh, head right, <laughs> Biggie there every night. Right? <laughs> uh, 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 um, I don't know. I honestly like, you know, I I obviously I didn't marry a hoe, so. Um, I can't right, he can't answer that question. That I could, I could speak to what makes somebody want to marry one. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, what I will say is, I think there's an interesting conversation to be had from this. And for me personally, I remember learning at a certain point that a woman, no matter how successful wants the option to check out. There's certain women who want to be taken care of from start to finish. There's certain other women who uh, want to do, do them, right? They want to build their career. They want to do this. They want to have their own shit. They want to do all that stuff. But they still want the option to be like, I want to be a housewife. Yeah, and when years. I say when I say housewife, I mean I mean, I mean I mean marry. So wife up because we just recorded an episode called the Soft Girl Era, and it's very much like what you're saying that um what our our generation or what we're finding, and it's obviously a broad statement, is that you know women and Nia Long said it in her interview with Jeezy she's like I just don't understand why women have to be so tired we are tired because it's like it's almost like you're you want to have your professional life you want to have all these things blah 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 but you're running into this new era of man who is who is who forces you to also be in your masculine in your personal life and it's like it's almost like we were raised to be so independent, so independent that it's like backfired now because you're like, bitch, I'm tired. You said it, not me. I mean, I think there is a, um, 
you know, if you look at the history of marriage, obviously you can go back to, to its inception and what it was for and what was understood in terms of the roles, right? Like if you look at those roles, you know, the woman was the homemaker and the man was the hunter and provider. What has happened is <laughs> the two have merged mm -hmm. and now, you know, sometimes uh, it, what I'm hearing, I'm not putting it out there and saying this is a fact, but what I'm hearing is it is not easy to not only have, physically have children, start to raise them and still do the providing thing, like to do it all. And I feel like there was a huge push that women could do it all. And now you hear everybody starting to kind of backtrack off of that a little bit and say, they tired. Yeah, like I don't want to do it all. You know what I'm <laughs> I need a partner. I need help. I need this. You know what I mean? Like, because I'm exhausted. Yeah. And, 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 and <laughs> I don't know if that has affected, I wish I could say that's categorically affected men in a way that makes them, um, harder to pick right like it's harder to pick a guy mm -hmm. who can accept a woman that uh that really understands what she wants right and what i have discovered in in my marriage is that my wife wants first refusal mm. first refusal is a term in my business so like if i was working on a a Netflix show, um, I'm sorry, if I had an overall deal with Netflix, the studio Netflix wants first refusal over whatever project I bring to them before I take it to Max, Peacock, whatever, right? Right. So as long as we're clear on that, I've what I've found is that, and this worked through therapy with wifey, this worked out. Like she wants first refusal. And that goes across the board. like. If she wants to work, great. She wants support in that. If she doesn't want to work, great. She wants support in that. If she wants to go um, and do, uh, like if, if I get invited to like, I don't know, the, the, the print, you know, like uh, to an event, she wants me to ask her and give her first refusal to say, I don't want to go or I do want to go. Right. And I feel like we just kind of got to get that understanding out of the way and understand that there is no like clear line of delineation where it's like, yo, I'm going to, this is who I am and this is who I am. This is where the partnership and the teamwork comes in, into play. And you have to understand, I think as a man now, you have to understand what I had to come to understand, which is just give them first refusal. Just give them first refusal. Like, let them choose for themselves. Like, I think that, and you can tell me if I'm right, but would that work for you? Would you like it if a man was like, man, woman, whatever, if your partner was like, right. you know, Give me the option to say no or yes. Mm -hmm. You know no, what I mean? I, it's, it's I, not like, 
I'm obligated to do it. Yes. You know, but I'm also but I, not. Being, I think that that kept hidden from. Yeah. Being, you know what I mean. But you spoke to a lot of things there. You you said you but obviously you've been married a long time. You're older, so you mentioned a lot of keywords like partnership and therapy and learn and this and that. So it's like you know, obviously our listeners are in different spaces in their relationships, but it's like um, first right of refusal works in a marriage, as you mentioned. Um, in my opinion as well, but my question to you and, and to piggyback on the therapy thing is, do you think that that's something that you discovered through therapy or do you think that that's something that you discovered pre-therapy? Because to piggyback on that, we also find, <clears throat> excuse me, that especially for our brown Latino men Therapy is like very taboo. We had a whole episode on therapy as well. And it's like, it's, it's, it's a very taboo thing to tap into, um, you know, like really address. Like, I ain't crazy. I don't need no therapy. Right. Oh, here's the great, here's, oh God, you guys listen. Here's the thing. I was, I remember feeling the same way. <laughs> I remember feeling the same way. And, and, and that is, you know, I remember thinking that Jesus could fix everything, right? Like that's how I was raised. Jesus can fix everything. Um, and so I, I remember just, you know, my whole philosophy was just pray on it before I met my wife. My wife actually introduced me to therapy. And I remember thinking, I don't see why. So, so the good thing about my wife is that she's introduced me to a couple of different things that I didn't know existed. <laughs> and, and so, um, when I when I when I first went to therapy, I was just like everybody else. I was like, I don't see why I'm here. I don't get me within the first session, I was like this. Oh. Okay. Okay. So I I was blessed to have somewhat of a huxtable upbringing, right? Two parent household. Um, mother and father that loved each other. Um, so I thought, what's wrong with me, right? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, and so what I learned from going to therapy with my wife was, although she had the, the polar opposite of what I had in terms of her upbringing, what was great about therapy was that through the therapist, I found common ground with her. Through the therapy, mm -hmm. I found I found compassion for her and a deeper understanding that she's not going to think the way I think because of her background, because of her upbringing. I think we go into these relationships, whether they be marriages or just loving relationships, and we expect this person to process and think of decisions the way we do right we don't open ourselves up and you know this if you've been married long enough oh you yeah open yourself up to the way in which your spouse your partner thinks it forces you to do it like absolutely you, you can run from it all you want but you will <laughs> learn you will learn that you have to take them into consideration and you have to take into consideration over time 
what it is, where they're coming from. The common, the common uh, phrase in our relationship was, if the shoe was on the other foot, what would you do? All of a sudden, I'm thinking, okay, step outside of myself and think about why she would look at this situation this way. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, look, I'm not saying I always got it right, but there is growth in that. And I think there is an understanding in that. And I think for me, you know, for, for anybody, especially the guys out there who are worried about therapy, I, and I've had to convince a few of the exact same thing that you're talking about. Um, what you can't do is say no to something you haven't experienced. Mm. Right? So right. until you get in there and you've done it three or four times, I think you're just kind of bitching out a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I think you have to try it as a man. Just you have to try it. Forget what's the taboo. I mean, what's really taboo about it? You almost like nobody looks at getting a lawyer during a divorce as taboo. Right. But if you don't, <laughs> the option is the lawyer will come in and decide how you want to break up. Mm -hmm. The judge will decide how you're going to break up. So either which way you look at it, there's going to be someone else who's a mediator and or decider of how your relationship is going to end. And so you can go to therapy and start to try and understand how he or she is thinking. Or you can go to court and have a judge tell you mm-hmm. how this is going to go. Damn. So you said you said something about the other, I mean, seeing the other foot, right? Seeing the shoe on the other foot. The shoe on the other foot, yeah. The term that resonates in, in our marriage is if you don't listen, you're going to feel. Ooh. Yeah. Damn, right, I, because I, usually, and I found this not just in my current marriage, we've been together over 20 years, but um, when I was younger, I was sort of like, I was a little pimp. And um, <laughs> I, I, I really thought like a man. I grew up a lot, around a lot of dudes, my cousins, and a lot of guys. I, I grew up around basketball, so I was always on the basketball court. I was at the Y, always playing basketball with dudes. So I, I had no other choice but to get around this and be like, oh, so this shit worked for y'all. Well, I'm going I'm to I'm work this on y'all then. This is what's going to happen. Can I, can, I ask a question? can I ask a question about that? Yeah. I find that most women from New York have a lot of male energy. Mm. Is that, is I'm that not from New York. I'm from Connecticut, but it's close East enough. Coast. Okay. East Coaster. I do think um, East Coast and Diana also um grew up in a very urban neighborhood so yeah. i think it's the east coast mix of like urban neighborhood vibe for sure yeah you call it yeah. urban i thought it was the ghetto ghetto i'm being i'm being it was the ghetto for me i'm being politically correct i am being inclusive right right of all people <laughs> Is an inclusivity a word? No, that's not what we hear. She grew up in the hood in the projects, my dude. <laughs> no, but I say all that to say that I, I was able to see that um, 
men or, or you know guys uh f- they understand more what when they feel like you can't tell them you could beat a dead horse and be like nah you could no bring me out no bring me out no oh i got to have somebody else bring me out so that you can see that and feel it okay you know <laughs> so yes. so that there's was something a, there's that, a- there's a thing with guys where it's 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 a lot harder for us. You know, there I know guys who are like, I think men are too soft these days. I know women who think they're men who are too soft. Oh, it's a huge, it's a it, going back mm-hmm. to soft girl era, it's a huge yeah. uh, conversation right now where women are like, it's not just that I'm tired of being tired, it's that when you out there, you're like, but fuck, these dudes out here is more feminine. Yeah, yeah, but we talked about it on the on the last episode. Like, I, I was dating this guy. It was the first guy that I had dated that wasn't like hustling, that wasn't like a thug dude, like he had a corporate job. And I was like, okay, I pulled me a corporate dude. He got a house, he got a whip, right? We at the club, he's buying everybody drinks, whatever. You know, I was like, I I got me a winner, right? So going back to my cousins and my family. You know, we grew up in an area where, you know, if one of us fights, we all fight. You know what I'm saying? So if something's popping off in the in the back right corner of the club, I'm going to go see what's popping, right? So he's like, Diana, we have to go. And I was like, okay, lose my number. <laughs> he was like, but you're going to get arrested. I was like, lose my number, you punk. Okay? You got to come and fight with me. No, but... <laughs> So it's not, it's not just now. That shit was back in 1994 too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That 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 story right there encapsulates <laughs> what it was like growing up in, in like the 80s and 90s. I remember this, and I remember wanting to do a project about this at some point, but like, and I can talk about it now because I'm not going to do it, but. You should do it. I'll help you. (laughs) I remember when when I was growing up, the dudes who got the baddest girls were drug dealers. Or maybe just like star athletes, right? So like all the girls went towards the dudes who were bad, quote unquote bad, the drug dealers. (laughs) Bad or, you know, somewhat narcissistic in terms of being, you know, athletes who had it all right but nobody was thinking long term nope high school right so what happens is you go you get to college and immediately half of those dudes drop off if if not more half of those dudes drop off you get to college and and let's be honest most girls go to college before (laughs) most, most guys so when you get to college, the girls always outnumber the guys. A hundred percent. To college, when you get to college is when, you know, girls start putting that bad boy shit behind them, right? Mm-hmm. And tell me if I'm wrong, but this is my this is what I saw. They start putting that bad boy shit behind them, and what they really want when they're freshmen and sophomores is the upperclassmen, right? They want the seniors or the juniors. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you get out of, by the time you become a senior in college and you're like, oh, so what's next? (laughs) Get into the real world 
and you like are way beyond the drug dealers and the dudes that want to fight in the club and all this other shit. You like way behind, way behind that. And you start getting into the dating pool and you start to look for people who are just like you, maybe starving artists, maybe this, maybe that, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then around late 20s, early 30s, <laughs> it's like corporate job, stability. I need, I need stability long term. I need a motherfucker who's going to give me that first refusal. I need somebody who's going like, <laughs> to allow me to kind of be me. I need somebody. So, and, and if I'm wrong, please tell me if I'm wrong, but it feels like this is the trajectory that most women post 89 have had to kind of take in terms of the roles of women in society shifting. Mm -hmm. Female politicians, we got a female vice president, which was unfathomable. A black female vice president. On top of that, like it's un, this was just not even fathomable when I was born. So like, there are kids who are growing up and seeing that as the norm, mm-hmm. right? They're seeing women working as the norm, um, and they're seeing you know women working and being moms as the norm. And it feels like everybody right now is almost kind of in a state of what in flux, right? Like everybody's trying to figure out who am I, mm-hmm. who I have to offer, and how can I meld this with somebody else so that we can build a brand, an empire, a family, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like we're trying to put so much stuff together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's the pressure of these fucking things. Yes. <laughs> yes. These things bring to our lives and how people be laying in bed at night doing this instead of sitting there and talking to your partner instead of Uh sitting there and figuring life out together. And so in many ways, I feel like we've, we've grown apart from each other in many ways. I feel like we have to find a place of understanding. We have to start looking at, that's why for me, it worked out to put the shoe on the other foot because when I got a full understanding in therapy, the way my wife was able to open up, in therapy, I saw her say things she could never say to me. Mm. And in that moment, I'm like, oh, that helped. So this is what I'm saying all the, to the brothers out there. Look, you're going to learn. <laughs> you <gonna> learn. <laughs> like, it, it, it will happen to you. It, you Come closer. Learn. Say that again. Say that again. You will learn mm. who she is. Through therapy, you will mm-hmm. learn who she is, what she wants, things that she might not be able to express. And at the same time, quite honestly, over the more you do it, the more you might start expressing or feeling comfortable expressing things that you want out mm-hmm. of life. Mm-hmm. And then the more you'll get, too. The more you'll get. Exactly. exactly. And, and then the more you'll get um, as a collective. Mm-hmm that experience I, anybody i know who says we just got engaged i'm like oh okay so listen <laughs> um, what you should do before you set a date 
is start couples counseling now. Now. Um, um, do that now because what you don't want to do is get married, have the law involved, and then realize, oh, you believe that children should walk around barefoot uh, everywhere. Oh, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> or, or your kid, or I don't want my kid to be Im immunized. But then you one of talk the about these kinds of things. No, it's so many <laughs> crazy. Like the the way the haphazard way in which people get married and don't ask the the most important the most important question. Well, well, that was one of the things that we had in our pot. And I'm gonna get a little nasty, Michael. Okay, that was one of the things that we had on on our podcast. <laughs> transitioning to nasty because i have one oh, no because a lot of the things that um, i found myself in these conversations that we were having as rocio said was that women were saying well he wants me to you know he wants me to give him a blowjob and i don't do that and i was like so why the fuck are you in a relationship with him if that's one of his top three things i don't understand if he's gonna be expecting that and he wants that and you're not going to do the American Idol, then imagine he's going to go get it somewhere else. He's going to go somewhere else to get a snob, the slob and the knob or whatever. So, yeah, I just needed to say that. But I agree. <laughs> it's it's various levels of conversation that people don't have. You know? Right. The silliest shit. Bad. shit that I you're like, bad. oh, why would we talk about that? Like, that shit matters. It I does have matter. A whole new appreciation for this podcast because I <laughs> from this podcast what the American Idol is. <laughs> I I mean we oh, could drop no, we, when your that, kids are little you have, to, you have to come I up have, with COVID. I have that is that I have never heard that before. I thought I heard every euphemism <laughs> for a job in my life, and now I just got the American Idol. I mean, damn. <laughs> That is that is absolutely amazing. Uh, <laughs> yes, oh, but you get what I'm saying, right? Even, I, even not only do I get what you're saying, like I fully understand, like the way people wake, like a marriage will force you to wake up, mm -hmm. right? Like it'll force you to wake up, good or bad. It's gonna force you to wake up, and you know you don't want like, and then not only a marriage, excuse me, marriage will force you to wake up, but children. Having children and looking at how you want to raise them. One of the coldest lessons I've learned in terms of raising a child is understanding that that child cannot be raised the way that I was. Mm. Uh -huh. It's impossible. Yes. But it's so natural for us as parents to look at our children and say, well, I'm just going to do what was done to me. <laughs> yep. And Michael, you say that. You say that out loud. You say that out loud. You say that coming from a whole home with a healthy mother and father who loved each other. So yeah. I wasn't abused. Yeah. Right. So I'm at, and then not even abused. You had like the picture of what it is that you aspire to be, you know? So imagine. I know for me with a single mom and a dad with schizophrenia coming in and out, in and out. So it's like, can you imagine if that's what I use as my meter to now raise my daughter? Or me, my mom used to fucking bring my dad to get groceries for him and his fucking mistress. And I was in the car. <laughs> so it's like, right. when are you going to divorce this man? 
Yeah. And it, and it finally happened, right? But yeah. if I start thinking about like all the struggles and stuff, my mother had to go through so much stuff by herself to get us number one out the hood, then to get us into a house where we we couldn't sleep for the first week, by the way, because we were so used to the sirens and shit. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, but you know, in the way that she did, it was almost like survival mode. So I, I can't, you know what I'm saying? And with my, with my first two little ones, I did that. But, you know, now with my husband, with my, with my last two, because I have four kids, we are, we are a posse when we come into the house. But um, yeah, so, you know, it's different. It was different once I found my partner and I was like, you got to accept these two kids. That was, that, that was my deal breaker. Like I dealt with, you know, some dudes and I, I, I didn't introduce anybody to my, my sons unless I knew I was going to be in a relationship with them. Cause I was like, absolutely not. They're not going to see a, a trove of men coming through and calling them uncle, whatever. Nah, they didn't know anybody. So uh, it, that was very important for me to do. And once we got together, then we formed a partner partnership and I told them about how I was raising them and we got in sync and with the partnership, like, that is so important to me. That's why there's so many kids out here now, just like you said, just roaming the earth, but they're not roaming the earth with focus like you were. They're roaming the earth like on some, I don't know what the fuck am I doing? Like you said with this. And not just kids, not just kids. There's oh, adults, yeah. Yeah, there's grown adults. There's people who have been, and, and you know, look, it's great to have a focus, but there's also people who quite frankly have had focus, got to their got the career that they wanted and now they're unhappy because they kind of peaked. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's people who, who, who just was like, yo, I'm going to, I know people who was like, yo, I'm pre-med and I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they got to be doctors and they're like, Hmm. What now? Yeah. What now? Hmm. Not really enjoying this. You know what I'm saying? And because they didn't expose themselves to anything else other than their focus and their dream of that whole way they're now like kind of lost hmm. because they've got this career and i think it was um michelle obama's book um was really helpful in in terms of understanding that the idea that she you know was so focused on being you know uh, a lawyer and and why she wanted to be a lawyer and all these other things and she was just a straight laced student and all these other things and it was in dating Barack Obama that she kind of was like hmm his whole kind of laissez-faire approach to things kind of opened her up to realize that there was more to life than just mm -hmm. straight A's. There was mm -hmm. more life than this, just kind of like zeroing in on being something and, and becoming that. And it was like, I could be more than that. Mm -hmm. I could be more than what I ever wanted to be. Right. Um, it's just, and it's kind of a lesson in two things. One, exposure and focus, right? Like you gotta find, you gotta, ex like, my wife and I always talk about exposing our kids to different cultures, different countries, different things, so that they look at the world, I don't, it's a cliche term, but they look at the world as their oyster as opposed to the neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like where I grew up, a lot of cats 
you know, just kind of, I grew up in Maryland, so a lot of cats just kind of grew up, stayed in Maryland, did their thing, um, still in Maryland, you know what I mean? They go other places, they don't necessarily go overseas a lot, but they go other places domestically, and that's fine. Um, but I, I feel like if I can give my kids a little bit more, if I can give my kids a little bit more exposure than what I had, that to me is a, a fair rite of passage. Mm -hmm. um, I think when you, when you, again, going back to what I said about, um, I can't, I woke up one day and realized I can't raise my son the way I was raised. He is not me. I needed what I got. He needs what he needs. Mm -hmm. And these are two separate things. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I think there was a fear um, from my wife oftentimes about, you know, um, our kids not getting certain things. And I would have to be like, look, you're 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 looking through a lens that is your childhood. Uh -huh. the, the, the thing that my father could be firm with me and loving. And so when you see me get really firm with Rakim, you're worried that I'm, you know, he's going to be traumatized like you were. And, and, and I get that. I get that. But what he's getting that you didn't get is that loving side of that. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, affectionate that takes him on boys trips, that, you know, makes sure that he does all the things that he wants to try. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's not just one way. Like you have to find balance. You have to give discipline and you have to give hope. And I think all of that can be um, done. And, and I, I, what I'm saying is, and I don't always get it right, but what I have learned is that this is what I should aspire to do. Mm -hmm. This is what I should aspire to do. I wake up and try to be this and I fail many nights, but because <laughs> kids, woo. <laughs> Wait till they start driving. Wait till they start driving. I mean, it is a whole, <laughs> different, it's a whole different thing, but like, it's a whole different level, but, but at the same time, they teach you so much about who you are, uh -huh. who you want to be. And they need the, they need that meter too, though, Michael. They need that, oh, when dad is like this, he's not fucking around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or when dad is like this, this is this is the love and the thing that that's them learning the love that they're going to be giving. You know what I'm saying? So there's balance. There's uh -huh. absolute, there has to be balance. I think if you witnessed an extreme version of family which is completely dysfunctional and abusive and everything else it's hard for you to mm -hmm. look at any kind of discipline or any if somebody raises their voice and you think oh god that's triggering uh -huh. you know what i mean and it's like mm, but it was effective right <laughs> and i'm gonna kiss them before i say good night right it was effective I just need you to find that balance. So again, it's again, I, I, I can't say it. I mean, I've never been in a more um what's the word reciprocal 
um, relationship than the one I'm in now in terms of, you know, trying to give and get, give right. um, and family does that. I think in a lot of family and family definitely does that. And it's hard. It's hard for people. You know, I, I remember growing, I remember about three years into my marriage realizing, wow, there's more people that grew up different than me. Oh, fuck I that. never thought. Like, then I ever, ever, ever thought. Yeah. Like, it was, because, you know, I got a lot of boys from my neighborhood, and we all kind of grew up the same, and most of them had, you know, doctors who went, uh, doctors for fathers who went to, you know, Howard University uh, for medical school and all these other things and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, like, we all had dads, and it was, like, crazy, because when I got to college, I realized, well, that wasn't accurate or that wasn't reflective of the real world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like, and in, in meeting my wife and realizing how she came up, I was like, yeah, you know what? I think there's more people that could relate to what you've been through than to what I have been through. Yeah. And again, this all comes through by listening in a therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Communication. Like, I'm telling you. Put yourself in that. And you put yourself in that situation. Um, it's it is a safe place to open up, and your your spouse or your partner. And I'm saying this to all the fellas out there. Your spouse or your partner will open up in a way that you never imagined, and that will that can only help you. And mm -hmm. that's what you got to look at: is how is this going to help us? Help me. Don't take it the wrong way. Right. Yeah. And and I'm not I'm not soft for talking to somebody about it. And I'm not not a Christian. Right. So, you know, it doesn't affect my love of Jesus to 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 kind of work these things out. Right. Humans are totally different. Michael, before we close, um, and unless Ina has another or do you wanna are ask you? You had some nasty questions. I did, I did, but Michael gets too deep and serious, and he doesn't. I need him to keep it light. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I, li I like the deepness. I gotta go I take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> he kept the real light. <laughs> he gotta do a deuce. <laughs> I gotta go drop a deuce. How's that for keeping it light? I wanna ask. Two two questions, and then Diana can ask the question we ask everyone at the end of the episode. But I want you to be, I want you to step into Michael before therapy, before okay. marriage, before. Be raggedy. Yeah. I want you to be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, was uh, you, were, were you a hoe? Were you a hoe? Yes or no? <laughs> exactly. Were you a hoe in New York? Yes. But. Okay. Great. <laughs> I would like to say, in my defense, I was a very honest hoe. <laughs> you told people I'm out here going. I'm not. I'm not lying to you. Yeah, because we have a friend that he has. I would we straight have a up say you ain't the only one. I'm just putting it out there. See, see, you see, you see? ain't the only one. There I, are women that do not mind being on a roster. I am telling you. They do not mind being a part of a roster. You ever been to Atlanta? What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so listen. Do you believe that an affair could end in real love? 
Yes. Okay. How do you know when a man is just not into you? I think that's generational. And I say that because this generation is all, you know, it, it you communicate through a device. And the same way in which you can criticize somebody on Twitter is the same way in which you talk to the person you love. That's a problem. Mm. I'm of a generation where you had to work for that shit. You had to like, like I remember somebody was talking about being in, in a club and everybody has a phone. I haven't been in a club in years, but apparently everybody has a phone up now. And it's just, you know, taking it all into consideration. I remember going to clubs and you had to work to get a number. To get a number. You had to work with those eyes? So you didn't just do this? You didn't just... You, you didn't just I go. told you, Mikey. Oh, my, Mikey. Mike's corny. He corny. He corny. I had to work <laughs> so hard uh, for so long because I, I didn't, you know... Regardless of the fact that I had, you know, blue eyes, it was like, it was also like, it, it just like girls weren't, they weren't, that wasn't enough. You know what <laughs> I mean? Wasn't enough. That, you weren't like. Yeah. And, and, and quite <laughs> honestly, like, this is, this is, this is my trauma. If I have some trauma to express <laughs> this podcast is. During the 90s, I was out of style. Oh, that's true. Oh. <laughs> so the no minute feel. I got to college, I left high school. No, it's like it was like a whole thing. It was like, I'll be sure. Da, 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 da. I never thought I'll be sure was like hot. Tyson? But it was like the light skinned boys went through their era and then it was Tyson, not about Tyson, Motherfucking Beckford. Ruined it for y'all, ladies. <laughs> Wesley Snipes. And he was an asshole. Ugh. Michael Jordan. Like these guys. The guy, what's his name? The guy in Madonna's video. Um Giant. Oh, uh Giant Hansu? Was he in Madonna? Was that Janet Jackson's video? No, that was Janet Jackson. But the guy who did like a prayer with Madonna, chocolate, chocolate. But it gotta be chocolate with lotion or oil because it can't be that ashy <laughs> chocolate. I'm sorry. Ah. <laughs> if you if you yeah. chocolate, you can't be ashy. Yeah, yeah. That, like the '90s was probably my favorite decade in terms of decades, just in general, mm -hmm. in terms of music, culture, everything else. Everything. Also, I was like, I mean, I had to, I had to put in work. I had, I, I didn't have, I never really prided myself on having game or anything like that, which is probably why I became an actor because through a script, you just have game. It wasn't just men, Mike. It wasn't just men because back in the day, I didn't have the ass that I have now, right? I was skinny as fuck. I had no titties. So I had to make people laugh. That was, that was the way I would have to cook for them and make them laugh. And they'd be like, oh, yo, you're pretty dope. And I'm like, fuck, that took a lot of work. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I don't I don't know what people are going through now, but like the dating apps and stuff like that. Like I have Oh, I couldn't. 
Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I don't want to deal with it. Um, People got to swipe, and mm-hmm. it's like it's like it's like a whole different realm. So for me, it's like, yeah, like if if I if I'm feeling you, I'm gonna come at you with everything I got. Mm. Personally, like I'm gonna I'm going to show up at your job. Not creepy, but like sure. I was gonna say, <laughs> wow, not like the perfect stranger. <laughs> and like I know, right? Yeah, he's going to perfect guy mode. But like, I'm gonna show up in a romantic way. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, and and it's going to be that kind of personal touch as opposed to like DM and you dick pics. You know what I mean? Like, it's that's crazy. I don't know how that's sexy at all. At I don't all. understand how that's sexy. <laughs> I'm like, uh, that shit works, huh? Like, oh man, they go crazy for it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I usually respond. My response to those are, is that is that all you got? <laughs> I've never gotten one. Thank God. I got one. I got really? one about before. Well, I got one when we when, when my husband and I were on a break. You heard that, right, husband? I don't need no questions. <laughs> so. <laughs> When we were on a break, I got a dick pic. It was some random dick pic. And I was like, that's all you got? <laughs> yeah, that is, that they is like yeah. I'm not sure how that provides stability. Stability? <laughs> that, that stability is not even in the exchange. Like, he's clearly not there for stability. At all. He ain't going to therapy. He don't want the shoe on the other foot. It ain't none of that. Yeah, like th- this is what I have to offer. And What's all that? I have to offer. That's all. That's and I'm all. offering it to many. Because <laughs> that, that dick pic was a group text. Absolutely. And it probably wasn't even his dick. Wait, but if it wasn't, then it is now because some chicks be sharing that shit. <laughs> ah! God. Like, look what I got. Look what I got. <laughs> And this is the mess that is uh, that is per, 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 just pervasive right now. Like I, I don't want no parts of that. I, <laughs> I have no interest in that. Like it, it's like I'd rather I'd rather go to therapy. You know. What do you and have on your playlist? Just, which one? I got playlists from like you know twenty thirty years now. Nah, what do you play? Like what's on your playlist right now? Like let's say you about to go work out. Give me like top three songs that oh man lately lately it's been all about public enemy oh wow yeah 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 like i'm 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 angry like (laughs) politically that's why you drink it in the morning (laughs) yeah like i'm i'm angry politically right Uh, now shit is crazy shit is crazy you know and and i'm tired i'm tired of the stupid people i'm really tired so many well, you just posted that shit yesterday, and I was like, I'm not gonna. I'm if you think I'm an elitist, then you're dumb. <laughs> you're dumb, and you don't have to, you can be uneducated and not dumb. That's facts because a lot of educated people are dumb, dumb as hell. They was out of the educated common sense line, they was They're out of the common sense line. Let me tell you. And there are uneducated people that are dumb. But all I'm saying is, I, I'm just, I'm very angry right now. So politically, um, you know, public enemy has been feeding me in the last couple of months. I can't believe I didn't follow you. I just followed you. Hopefully, follow back. And all that, all 
this defending she was doing of you, all this team Michael. You see? No, because I, I, I follow him as an actor. Like I didn't I didn't follow him as a, as a know, but, but, but at least I point, at least I keep it one hundred. I keep it one hundred. She has seen abstract projects. What well, before before we go though, um you wanna ask him the No, you ask. I mean it's whatever. So obviously the podcast is things mommy never told me. And we wanted to ask you if you can take a minute to think back. Do you wish that there was anything in either one of your parents would have sat with you and told you? As I mentioned before, we've had conversations like, damn, I really wish my mom would have talked to me about my period or my first sexual experience or like, you know, culturally, it's like, uh, uh-uh, you can't have a boyfriend. It's like this omission of the fact that you have a boyfriend, which in turn can turn into like teen pregnancy because you've never had the conversation and I'm hiding my boyfriend when everyone knows he's the boyfriend. So is there anything... And then obviously, as you get older, you realize, damn, like, I wish my mom would have had a conversation with me that life gets fucking harder the older you get, you know? But is there anything you can think of that you really wish either one of your parents would have had with you in your teens or in your earlier years that you feel like you definitely want to make sure you have with your children? No. That's amazing. I, I mean, the whole time you've been asking this question, I've been thinking, I've been thinking, and thinking. And, you know, obviously, you know, both my parents have passed. So the only thing that I regret is not getting a chance to have my parents see me parent. Oh. That is... That is the ultimate heartbreak of my life in that mm-hmm. my parents. And my mom saw me raise my son for two years, two and a half years before she passed. But like, you know, in terms of, I also remember that I would go to my mom and be like, I mean, this dude just be crying for like reasons I don't understand. Do you know what that cry means? And she be <laughs> Baby, it was like 40 years ago, the last time I heard a baby cry. I don't <laughs> and she would just be like, I don't remember. And so I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. So at that point, I kind of knew that, you know, raising my kids, I was going to kind of be on my own. Mm. Way. And mm-hmm. I feel like, I also feel like for my friends who do have their parents, part of the problem is what we were talking about earlier. Your parents are gonna, your parents and your grandparents all believe that kids should be raised the way they The way they were raised. So I got an uncle out here and he, when he sees my kids, they're like, they're like, he's like, ah, ah, ah. (laughs) He, He can't understand like the leeway that we get, you know what I mean? What he he defines as leeway, which is, you know, you ain't slap his ass yet. (laughs) He's like, man, send send him over to me for the summer. Let me have him. That's that's so funny that you say that because my brother does the same thing with his kids. He was, he was raised by my dad very strictly. Right. And so he does that 
with my um, two younger nephews and then my older nephew that his son is in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> and my brother doesn't know that. So I tell my, I tell my nephew, maybe you should tell your father that you in therapy because of him. And then I tell my brother, like, can you let them kids be kids? Like they're playing. Yeah. There's something. It's okay. What I'm saying like when you go to somebody who's 70 plus and ask them what they would do, <laughs> with a three-year-old. And then slap him. That's on you. Right. I mean, you're not going to get an answer that's going that's to good. be timely. That's uh, <laughs> going to be up to date. You know, it's kind of like... Patient parenting who? What? Like whipping out a typewriter. It's going to be abusive. Like, I'm going to like, close the door. She'll stop. Right. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, see, so what we have now is we have different ways of doing things. And um, I've never uh, spanked my kids. Um, I've, I've raised my voice. And sometimes I give them the character killer voice. <laughs> <laughs> Like the, the voice that you've heard me play in certain what roles. About, what about the look? What about the... Oh, 100%. 100%. So, so the thing about my relationships are this. I remember there were a couple of times early on in my relationship with my wife where I would, I would act like I was in a scene and she would catch me every time. Stop. You're doing scene Yes, wife, yes. You're doing scene work. Uh, mm -mm, no, no. That's She's awesome. like, she could see through that shit. Mm -hmm. But my kids can't. Oh, so you still got, you could, you got leverage. And still like give them the, I'm really angry, really disappointed. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? But like, there is the, the, the beauty of my, the tool that I have right now. It just doesn't work with my wife, but it works with my kids. And for me, it's like, I, I've ne never had a need to do that. You know what I mean? And, and the only time where I've been extremely angry is when it like, it has to do with their life. Mm. The of their life. Like kids, uh -huh. my son used to go to a parking lot. just, And all it took was one time. For me to be like, no, uh -huh. you know what I mean? And whereby my father, uh, who was in the Marines and was very much a disciplinary, he would have pulled me, spanked me, and then perhaps gave me another one before I went to sleep that night, just <laughs> so I would remember. Remember. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Just so I would remember and not forget. I can look back and say he did what he had to do to keep me safe. Mm -hmm. Time is different. <laughs> that was in the 70s. This is 2024. I need to make that adjustment. Mm -hmm. I got to make that adjustment. It's different now. It's different. It doesn't mean kids don't need discipline. It just means that the way in which we go about it, perhaps, doesn't have to be physical every fucking time. It doesn't have to be, you know, you can't expect your kids 
you know, to go to school and not bust somebody in the mouth if they get busted in the mouth at home. Right. 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 And I don't want to pay, I don't want to lose that tuition money. <laughs> you know? Oh, I mean, like, beginning- you know, somebody punch you in the face, you know, think twice before you get them back because tuition is expensive. And the way my bank account works, uh, it's tough. At the, at the beginning of this, I, I asked you, um, because I, I, I know if I don't ask it, people are going to say, why did you ask at the beginning? And then they answer, you know, they want they want to be producers and all this shit on our show too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> at the beginning, I said that I saw you on the Kelly, call it, or whatever her name is. Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson show. And you said that you were one of the kids that stole. So I just want to know, why did you steal the candy? Was it because they stole your candy and you was like, it was a rite of passage? Like, mm-hmm. what was your reasoning for stealing somebody else's candy? Michael Ely, that's not nice. It was the ugly cycle of abuse. <laughs> it, happened, it happened to me. And so I did it. <laughs> I didn't break the cycle. But you I said you came from a huxtable upbringing. No, no. Another kid stole his candy. Right. So but the then I, that's what I'm saying. Somebody stole my candy when I was little. So you they, was like, I got to do it back. They stole me. They stole my candy when I was little. They <laughs> punked me and took my candy. So when I got big enough, I did it once. And I was like, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Oh, so you didn't do it repeatedly. Okay. I just no, I wasn't a repeat <laughs> offender. Of, of, of you ain't a thief. Nah, I just, you know, because I, I, it didn't make me feel better. You have more candy. <laughs> it, didn't make me but feel <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't even make me feel better to do it. And I was like, oh, this is a stupid thing. This is stupid. Why do people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, you still kids can't. That's fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, but I had to do it. I had to do it to, to, to learn that lesson. And I think, you know, anybody who really knows me knows that it doesn't take much for me to learn a lesson. Mm. That's a that's a characteristic that uh, hopefully my wife could attest to, and <laughs> my kids can attest to, and I know my friends who know me, they 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 be like, yo, you man, you learn quick, you learn quick, and and I'm grateful. Anthony, for that. Anthony Hopkins said you learn quick because after he had a conversation with you, you learned quick. <laughs> Quick. And that next take was incredible. Amazing. Way. It was incredible. The movie, the, that scene was cut from the movie, but that take was amazing. Damn. Damn. That take was amazing. Yes. 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 <laughs> Listen, if you want to tell any of your Hollywood friends that are cool and dope like you, we don't want no narcissists on our show. Yeah. Give them Rocio's number. <laughs> So they could come on the show, especially any women, you know, because I know you know oh, some that are cool. Especially if they're women? No, it, women and men, but some women, yeah. They tell them, hey, this podcast, you know, they're kind of new, they're kind of dope, because you know you know we're dope. Come on. And, <laughs> you know, give us a little shine. Give us a little shine. <laughs> Absolutely. If this comes out, okay. Oh, oh no. On that note, Thank you, Michael Ely, for your damn time and your unprofessional lit no. <laughs> I have been as professional as I can <laughs> throughout this entire podcast, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not saying do as I do. 
<laughs> but uh, if you enjoy being yourself, man, if you enjoy this. Is dope. This is dope meeting you through this uh, through this process. Hopefully, I'll get to meet you in person one day. You know, but this is dope. Absolutely. Listen, it is a dream of mine to, and I, I think I told Jessica this years ago. But I want to come to Thanksgiving in the Castro household and commit. Oh, it's a <laughs> You know, Jessica always told me she's like, I don't know if you get out of there. <laughs> I'll, be like this. I'll be like this. What I mean, like, what's the worst that could happen? Like, Michael, no, ah. I safety. I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I mean, you guys, your family. I, I got to come to Connecticut at least once to see what that is like. Yeah. Um, if you hit up their family, I'm going to tell you, come to mind. You're exactly. going to be like, this is the darkest Puerto Ricans I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, sure, y'all ain't black. Like, what's really going on? You got dreads? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yes. Speaking of, speaking of Puerto Ricans, I just got to give a shout out to the icon herself, since I'm on a Puerto Rican podcast, that is, uh, the Miss Rosie Perez, who's a dear oh, friend. Oh, Dear we friend of mine, Puerto Rican icon herself. What? So I had to get a shout out to Rosie because she she's she taught me a lot. She taught me a lot, a lot about this business and life. You so, should tell her to be on the podcast. Oh, y'all gotta have her. Y'all haven't had okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael just opened his mouth and you hear heard it here first. <laughs> Michael Ely is gonna get Rosie to be on this podcast. And, and anybody else, and anybody else. Anybody I saw that. I saw that little episode you did with Megan Good about some tweets and somebody wanting you to to, to do a mammogram with your penis. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was eye opening. Again, that is to Crazy. me the power of social media and how fearless we are on these devices. Out of control. I probably have met that person and they would never say that to they you. They would never say that to you in person. Or would they? I've heard I've heard some wild shit. <laughs> what was the wildest thing? What was the shit? You don't even have to say where they were. What was the wildest thing you've ever heard come out of a woman? Like just I just came. Oh. <laughs> just like just by seeing you? I was like this. Uh, I don't <laughs> that was my reaction. I I wish every time I play that moment back, I <laughs> wish it could be like as cool as a fan, like, okay. I wish I could play it like that. <laughs> Dead my reaction was, huh? Oh, and then she was like, and now I just went dry. And now, <laughs> just, just, and just like that, I ruined the whole thing. I no, it would have been dope if you would have been like, do it again. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, in my head, I really wish I was the guy who could have been like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm like I wish I wish I was that guy. Instead, <laughs> I was I was Urkel about the whole thing. What? <laughs> I came where? No, that's awful. What about a man? Has has a man ever been mad at you because their wife was like obsessing over you? Did a man ever come up to you and be like, "Oh, so you're Michael Ely, You know that type of energy. I'm gonna put this out there right now. Oh dudes, shit! Dudes do some of the strangest. Like the women that have said things to me, I swear to you, it's the guys 
who in I believe it say the most weird shit. Like they like, oh my my wife loves you, man. My wife loves you, man. Like, I mean, you ain't gonna fuck her, but you know, like Oh my god. You at least like get Give her like some love and shit and take a picture with her and shit. You know, bitch, take the picture with the nigga. Shit, I know you love him. Shit, you been, you know, and I'll be like this. <laughs> You're like, blink twice if you need help. Why are you guys talking like this in front of me? And to each other. That should happen to each Yo, other. Like, how is this going down? But like, <laughs> dudes, dudes always, you know, for years, dudes have been like, even if their wife isn't around, they're like, yo, can I get a picture for my wife? And sometimes you'd be like, is it really for your wife? <laughs> and sometimes you'd be like, I mean, yeah, if that's going to make her happy. Right. Okay. You know, <laughs> because I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't think I've ever run into a dude and been like, my wife loves you. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I get your picture. You know what I mean? And 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 you know, like I, I think, you know, I remember one time we were in New Orleans and my wife was really, really, really like blown away, blown away by this musician. And afterwards we went up and we met him. I I went and met him and I was like, yeah, my man, like we had such a great vibe. And he was a huge fan. So I was like, yo, can you meet my wife? And you know, my wife. I introduced him to my wife, and my wife was like, oh my God, you're amazing, da 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 And she was really, really blown away by that. And, you know, she did the right thing by me that night, which was a crazy, which was crazy because she was just like, she was like, you know, you know, I, I didn't get insecure about that shit or anything like that. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, it, it was just like kind of simple. It was just like kind of simple. like. He's human. You're human. We don't have to make this worse than it is. <laughs> worse Michael, than it is. thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you. Thank you, guys. Listen, I'm, I'm going to go do a Hollywood once more. Um, I got to go do a Hollywood. Oh, my God. I can see you guys. <laughs> We're gonna send Michael. We're going to send you something for you to drop on your thing. Will you put it on your story? Like yeah. go watch go watch this episode with these amazing women. Yes. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll be hashtag I was hilarious <laughs> you in were. this podcast. We all were hilarious. <laughs> I was hilarious. I'm good. Gracias for listening to Cositas Mommy Never Told Me. We hope you loved this episode. Make sure you subscribe, follow, and share Cositas Mommy Never Told Me on all your social channels. Todas las redes sociales. And don't forget, if you want in on the real tea and see all of our reactions to the craziness, watch this episode on YouTube. Que bochinche!